The Afterburn Podcast is a proud supporter of Guns Gear Memorial Foundation, helping our veterans and their families when they need it most. To learn more, visit gunsgarren.com slash rain. You're listening to The Lowdown, your insider look into everything defense, aviation, and geopolitics. Sam Lodge, stroke eight, nose five, low. Switch, negative contact on your... Break, right! Stroke three, defending, nose... Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. We're back at it. A little bit of a break from Thanksgiving. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Before you're rolling into this, if you're not subscribing to the Lowdown newsletter already, you want to stop everything you're doing. You want to go down in the description and you want to click the link and join free newsletter. You'll get a follow on email that says, yep, I subscribe to it. That confirms it. If you don't do that, this is all for naught and you won't get the newsletter. But if you're enjoying this content, please subscribe to the newsletter. Go over to Spotify, go over to Apple Podcasts, make sure you're following the show, leave in a rating or review, that, that really helps me out. That said, let's jump into it. We'll catch up from a few things before Thanksgiving, as well as things that are happening this past week. So kicking it off, you know, if you subscribe to the newsletter, I always pick a quote. Usually it's tied to military aviation, sometimes just aviation, sometimes just military in general. general. Try to find something that has a little bit of a humor aspect to it, but this week it comes from Thomas McGuire, who was a second leading ace in World War II. Unfortunately, he was killed in action, but it is go in close, and when you think you're too close, go in closer. That refers to aerial combat when you're going to go gun your enemy. He was the recipient of the Medal of Honor, that was posthumously, three silver stars, six distinguished flying crosses, three purple hearts, and 15 air medals. We also have McGuire Air Force Base named after him, but a little bit of backstory, again, if you're checking out the newsletter, there's a picture of him. With that, last week, episode 85 with Jack Farley-Stewart released. He's a former Hornet driver and Top Gun graduate. Enjoyed chatting with him. He just wrote a book recently as he's exploring a new space. So it was fun to talk Navy things, landing on boats, Top Gun, et cetera, with him. So even check that episode out. Make sure you go ahead and do so uh, before, you know, you get into the weekend. But over to the flight line section. So there is a French pilot that was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter, and this comes out of a mishap that occurred back in July of 2018 when a skydiver that went out of his airplane ended up colliding with aircraft's wing. That he lost situational awareness of where these guys were, where this this skydiver was, ended up hitting him, decapitating him. So the court just ruled that was pilot negligence. Basically, the pilot had claimed he deviated from the flight, or the skydiver had deviated from the plan and the path. But it doesn't sound like there was a well-thought-out plan to begin with. I never jumped out of a plane. Seems like a, a crazy thing to do, but quite a tragic event. He is not going to jail, but he lost his license, and basically, I guess they consider it time served. There's some other things that along with, like he had an invalid license. Not sure about the French FAA equivalent and what that entails, but... Uh, might have been his medical, might have been his, might have lost his license, et cetera. But either way, not not a good thing there. So uh, FedEx had a seven six seven. This is back in October. I actually had not heard about this, but FedEx five four one leaving Memphis to Las Vegas on climb out. The crew experienced a loud bang and received a fire warning light. Well, the NTSB. It wasn't the final report. Just the NTSB report. It sounds like it's still ongoing, but the came back and said the engine experienced an under cowl fire. 
the main fuel pump housing had fractured and the main fuel line supply had fractured wells and caused this fire. So crew on climb out has this happen. Looks like they stopped their climb about 3,700 feet. If you subscribe to the newsletter, you just see the nice little uh, flight aware uh, track these guys did. Don't really know all the details, but it does sound like there's a golf clap um, in store for these guys. Never a fun thing. If you remember from a few newsletters ago, we had the Delta flight climbing out. Great footage, and I use great with air quotes there, of them climbing out and you can see the compressor stall. Radio call was just straight to the point, uh, very succinct. So great to see these guys handling, guys and gals handling uh, situations that are less than ideal if you're flying a plane. Might have seen the Navy P-8 Poseidon that went off the end of the runway. Um, Hanoi Bay, I butchered that in Hawaii. I can't pronounce those names, but um, Funny, not really funny fact, right? I actually just left Hawaii. Got a link up with Loco, former Raptor demo pilot, so it was kind of cool, but uh, flew right over the spot where these guys uh, went into the water. Sounded like it was definitely bad weather. It was bad weather when I was there, which I thought Hawaii was always sunny and nice, but not the fact. So this plane went off the end of the runway. Fortunately, no injuries or all the crew got off safely, but um, that P-8 sitting in the water on top of a reef, I believe. The Air Force had an Osprey crash on November 29th, so just yesterday. One fatality, there were eight on board there. Uh, the Japanese asked the Air Force to stop flying Osprey aircraft for the time being. Said it happened under clear weather conditions. A witness reported that the aircraft's left engine was on fire as it attempted an emergency landing. Looks like it's about three kilometers offshore there. So again, for those who've listened to the podcast, uh, you know, the Air Force now will have a safety board that convenes. They'll spend about 30 days going through, uh, sorting out what had happened. Spouse state privilege information. They'll just get it out, most likely just the Osprey community, unless it impacts anyone else. And then uh, maybe six months from now, we'll get the accident investigation report, which is released to the public there to actually find out what, what occurred. More in the defense sector, the USS Mason detained five pirates off the coast of Yemen. This was a U.S. destroyer and a Japanese destroyer responding to a distress call from an Israeli-owned tanker that was under siege by a group of pirates attempting to seize the vessel there. That stuff's still going on. The article does mention there was a Chinese vessel that did not respond to the distress call. So uh, the USS Mason and the Japanese Navy jumped in to save the day there. North Korea, this is pre-Thanksgiving, I believe. They launched their first by satellite. They had two previous attempts, both of which failed really back in May and August. Just a few hours after the launch, though, uh, Rocky Man, literally, was claiming that they were viewing U.S. military facilities in Guam with the satellite feed. Naturally, this is a little too early or definitely too early for Intel to be releasing if this was actually a functionality and capability of the satellite uh, at this point. But, you know, if you start drawing the string between or connecting the dots here, remember Putin and uh, Kim Jong-un, they met back in September. North Korea agreed to supply Russia with a lot of weapons. They have a lot of ammo and things like that, stockpile. Naturally, what they discussed in return did not come out. But I'm willing to bet that North Korea wants some technology and some capabilities that they need the Russians to help with. So maybe the Russians uh, leaned in here and help them with their, their rocket getting a satellite to space. They've probably been working on it the entire time, but there's that. 
So the Pentagon uh, ordered the Air Force to hammer away at some militant camps that are backed by uh, Tehran. So this was on November 21st. It's been go ongoing. There's been several pop-ups with retaliation attacks uh, on U.S. forces that are occurring in Syria and Iraq. To date, so far, 62 U.S. personnel have been injured in these attacks that have been ongoing since the Israeli-Hamas conflict kicked off back in October. But AC-130, that's an impressive beast uh, when you see that thing hammering away. You don't want to be a bad guy uh, anywhere near the sights of that thing. The F-35 has the TR-3 software coming out. This is actually it's a refresh. There is some... Issue. I need to get Billy Flynn, uh, one of these F-35 guys on the podcast, to kind of give an update what's going on with the software. But there's a slowdown uh, with this interim software, with the TR-3 update, and there's an interim software that came out to allow this to keep flying. The Block 4 F-35 is going to be a major modernization, even to this modern fighter. But it's additional software and hardware upgrades. This TR-3 is a stepping stone on that path, from what I understand. But... They were starting to fly. They had the first one fly this past week out at Lockheed's facility in Fort Worth. That's the F-35 plant for those who are following along. Right, actually the last newsletter came out the day after, so I didn't see this article pop up, but we unfortunately lost five U.S. Army special operators. They were killed in an MH-60 crash in the Mediterranean. That MH-60 belonged to the 160th uh, SOAR Regiment, Special Aviation Regiment. European Command uh, owned that theater of operation, and they said it was a routine training flight. It wasn't due to hostile activity. So, again, sure more will be coming out uh, several months from now, maybe. Jumping around the globe as we close out this little segment of the lowdown, the U.S. stopped the plot to assassinate a chic separatist on U.S. soil. If you were following along a few weeks ago, I believe it was middle, actually, uh, middle of October, Canada claimed that India had assassinated a sheik on Canadian soil. So you're seeing India taking pretty aggressive measures and assassinating separatists on foreign soil. Naturally, the U.S. did not like this. It Strains the tensions there, and there's a lot of things going on between U.S., India, military cooperation. You got China right next door to India. There's a lot of tension there. Um, just, it's a pretty interesting thing that I want to know more about. We'll have to kind of stay tuned. But um, yeah, so that happened yeah, just a few days ago. Brazilian intelligence has warned that Venezuela is, Venezuela is mounting a possible invasion of Guyana. So they're seeing a lot of troop and military-type movement towards the border. This would be a very aggressive land grab on part of Venezuela, but Guyana is very mineral-rich, so they need money and they need things. Russian General Major General Vladimir Zelensky is of the, I can't pronounce it. I don't even know why I try to do that, but he was killed by a mine on Wednesday. He was the commander, deputy commander of the 14th Army Corps. This article claims he's the sixth Russian general to have died since the invasion began. I've seen other blips with 13, and I don't, that's a mix of admirals and generals. Regardless, uh, six is a lot. 13 is definitely a lot. 
if you're smoking your flag officers in a conflict. So in the Hurt Locker there. That wraps up the lowdown for this week. Again, make sure you're subscribing to the newsletter so you can get this and see some of the pictures that go along with it and some other bonuses there. And if you're liking this content, do me a favor, make sure you're following along on Spotify. Make sure you're following on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating review. I'll see you next time. The Afterburn Podcast is a proud supporter of Guns Gear Memorial Foundation, helping our veterans and their families when they need it most. To learn more, visit gunsgarin.com slash rain.